0: Good morning. Good morning. It's, it's so, thank you. It's so great to be with you all again today. <laughs> you guys are so kind. Um, I want to say, like, I prepare notes and I, like, prepare an introduction. And, like, Ryan did all of my points in his prayer and he did my entire introduction so I can leave now that's it's fantastic um I am really I'm so excited for this morning I was just so blessed during worship um I very much so sense like Ryan shared just an expectation you know we we put online like even if you don't see online that we've we we post um kind of like a topic of what we're gonna be doing and who is gonna be speaking so like the fact that some of you knew that I was gonna be speaking today and you came that blesses my heart. Um, it really does. But also, um, just the topic of freedom. The topic of freedom is one that I absolutely love. It is a hill I will die on. There are things in, in, in Christianity and different denominations that I'm like, mm-hmm. like, people can argue about it. I'm not going to hop into that fight. But I will die on this hill. I will die on this hill. And so I am so excited that you are here. Even if you didn't know that we're talking about freedom this morning, um, I believe because I've been praying that the Holy Spirit would just go before me and prepare your hearts for what he's gonna do this morning. Because the word says that it is in the praises of his people that he is and that where he is there is freedom. And so because you're already here, I feel like I could put down the mic because Jesus has already done a ton. But I also believe that there is freedom when we open his word and we can see what he has to say. And so I am so 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 excited that you showed up. That you look great. You don't smell. um, And you're here. Um, And you're you're excited. I feel like like our souls are ready for this morning. Um, For those of you who have not met me, my name is Mia. Um, I have the opportunity of serving all of you on staff. Um, It truly truly is an absolute honor um, to get to do that with my time with my week um, it's it's a dream i remember i think i don't know i was like three or four years old and i remember looking in the window of the basement of a church and just being like oh jesus i just want to be in there just like little it's like one of my youngest memories and then life happens and then it's just like i don't even want to go to church <laughs> I love you, Jesus, but like those people scare me. And so the fact that I am here speaking on staff is a testimony of God's faithfulness. But I also want to tell you, if you if you're new, if you're like not, you don't know who our our senior pastor is, like Ryan said, he is here. Um, But if you don't know what it's like to be pastored, if that doesn't make sense to you, I'm telling you, you want to be pastored. I am here because I allowed myself to be pastored. I am here because I allowed someone to lead me down a direction I was terrified to go down. And a way I've never been, so I did not know. And so I want to encourage you, be pastored. We have a safe pastor. We have an incredible pastor. Um, Why don't we just give him and Christina a round of applause again? Because honestly, I want to honor them because of what they have sown into my life. But truly, what like you are here because of them laying down their lives, believing that God was calling them to make a difference here in Cornwall. And so... I want to just hop into our message. Um, I Again, I'm so, so, so excited. The message is called Free in the Fire. It's really, I realize, like, it's a one-off. Like, the series is done, our summer series is done, but the summer is still here. And I feel like freedom, being free in the fire, is almost like a little PS on the end of the letter of living in a beautiful community. Because to be a beautiful community to be generous, to be encouraging, to be Christ-centered, to be worshipful, to be all of these things, we need to be free. We need to be free. And as much as we can desire to be all those things, until the day we go to heaven, we are going to be still bound and Jesus is going to be continuing to do the work of unbinding us and bring freedom into our lives. But we can be more free than we were when we walked in here. Who wants that this morning? Like that is, yes, like you are here and like God is gonna move. So let's pray and then let's get into the text. Jesus, right now, I thank you that you're already here. I thank you that we already sense you in the room. Father, I just, I pray that there would be a magnification of your spirit here, that people would be able to feel your manifest presence, that they would be able to feel the freedom that you wanna bring them. God, that this morning, those that are in the room, those that are online, those that are gonna be listening later, God, that your spirit was waiting for this moment to unravel things in their lives, that we will not leave in an hour from now the same as we did when we walked in this place because that is your word over us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as I was preparing, I very much so felt like, um, if, if you guys have heard the story of, of, of Paul and Silas in the Bible, they were walking um, to, to a city and there was like a beggar um, just asking for money because that's all he could do because he was lame or he was injured in some way. And they said, silver and gold have I not. But what I have, I will give you in the the name of Jesus, stand up, walk, and be free, be healed. And that is really what was just resonating in me as I was preparing this message for all of you this morning, is I don't have silver and gold, but what I have is a testimony of the freedom that Jesus can give. And Jesus asked a man at a well, do you want to be well? Do you want to be well? There is a cost to staying unwell, and there is a cost to being well. Do you want to be unwell? Because if you want to be unwell today, I, I, I have no silver and gold to give you. But in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be free. Stand up and walk out of here in a new way. That is what I believe the testimony of God over my life is. And I'm not leading you away having gone. There's still more for me. There's still more mountains for me to climb. There's more valleys for me to go through. But I am not who I once was. When I walked in these doors, I was so scared I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even talk, which seems ridiculous because now I'm like, here I am. I don't stop talking. But you see me today. But if you saw me 12 years ago, I didn't look the same. I didn't think the same. I didn't feel the same. I was bound. I was bound. And my life went from fire to fire to fire. And the enemy changed the chaos of my life. And I was like, oh, now I'm free. I went from like a red fire to like a blue fire to a white fire. And I was like, look, it's freedom. And the enemy was just laughing. Because when we're broken and when we're in bondage, it is terrifying to be unbound. And so what happens is we're at war with ourselves because there's a part of us that wants to be free. And there's a part of us that really actually is comfortable and familiar with the hell that we know right? And so we go into into cycles, and it's really easy to see the cycles in other people's lives, right? It's like, oh. But the Bible says, do not point out a speck in your brother's eye. Look at the log in your own eye. And so this morning, we're going to learn a little bit about what the Bible says about looking at the logs in our eyes, about the fires in our lives, about the bindings around our lives to walk in freedom. So I want to start with reading an incredible passage from the Bible. Um, it's in Daniel 3. It's about Shadrach, Meshach, and uh, a billy goat, uh, Abednego. Um, if any of you ever watched, what was it, Veggie Tales? I love that. Like, Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat, or a ben- Benny? They called him Benny. Um, so it's in uh, Daniel 3, verse thirteen. Uh, it starts in verse 13. As a background, for those of you who are here, I hope there are people here that have never heard this story before. Um, that's super exciting, if that's the case, or online. Um, but the children of Israel are in captivity. This is what happened constantly throughout their history. They were in captivity. Um, they were under the leadership and the rule of King Nebuchadnezzar, really cool guy. Um, he thought it would be a really wise thing to build a golden statue of himself and have people come and worship it and like we do that with our own lives and our brokenness and our sinfulness and so we see ourselves in this king that as soon as we get power or as soon as we get a position or as soon as we get a platform or as soon as we have a Facebook page or an Instagram page we put out the best of ourselves and say applaud me and that's not what God wants to have happen in your life But God not only did something with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he did something in the king. And so I want to share this message with you this morning. You know, when everybody else bowed down to the statue, these three guys didn't, knowing it would result in their death. And so let's pick it up. Verse 13, it says, then Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage and ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him, because he didn't bow. They didn't bow. When they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, "Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or to worship my golden statue that I have set up? I will give you one more chance to worship the statue, and when you hear the sound of the um, when you hear the sound of the musical instruments, but if you refuse, you will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace, then what god will have the power to rescue you?" I love that line because there are situations in our lives that scream out What God could ever rescue you from this? We say it about ourselves, we say it about other people, and we're like, they're never coming back. That relationship is never coming back. That car accident, they're never coming back. That end of their career, they're never coming back. That is gold. Because God is able. And we are going to see that at the end of this story, the same man who built the fire and built the statue and declared what God could ever save you, will be the one who declares what God is this that could do this, what God could do it. And that's, oh, it's so good. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. If you are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve you or your gods or worship the golden statue that you have set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious that that his face became distorted with rage, he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully clothed in their pants, their turbans, their robes, and their garments. Then, um, and because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw them in, the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego securely tied securely bound, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we surely did. They replied, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looks like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. When the high officials, the the officers, the high officials, the governors, the advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them, not a hair on their head had been singed, their clothing was not scorched, they did not even smell of smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, praise to this God who I was going to kill you for. There are moments in your life that the enemy and the people around you are going to just watch what God does in amazement and say praise to the God who is in your life. Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servant who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any God except their God. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. Their houses will be ruined. They'll be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to an even higher position in Babylon. Who here this morning wants to be promoted? Who here wants to be thrown into a fire? The reality is that every single person that is here this morning is bound in one way or another or a million or five. Like, we all come in with stories and lives. And until we get to heaven, God is going to be continually working in our lives. But I wanna speak to you this morning about the reality that either you are experiencing and living in or someone that you know is living and experiencing in where they are so bound. They're high, some people are high functioning. Don't you love that term? They're a high functioning alcoholic, good for them. Oh, wow, if I'm gonna be an alcoholic, I wanna be high functioning so I can just go on and on and on and on and on. The devil makes us high functioning in our brokenness. God wants to make you high-functioning in your freedom. That's what he wants to do. But this high-functioning brokenness, sometimes we don't even know. We don't even know. We're walking alongside people. And we have no idea what's happening inside of their minds or in their hearts. We have no idea. We can say, oh, like, you look great today. We have no idea that that's turmoil in their minds. We can encourage people. We can uplift people. Or we can knock them down. We have no idea but we know ourselves the things that go on inside of us. We know how we are bound. And sometimes we don't even know how we're bound and God is faithful to reveal it to us. And so this morning from this passage, I wanna look at some of the things that we see were essential in their lives. And the first thing, and this is like always the foundation, and it's like, why are you even telling us like this is just old hat old news? Because there are people that are gonna hear this that need to hear this. It is essential for you to have Jesus and community in your life. They had an established relationship with God and one another before the situation happened. They did not have a religion that told them, go and die. It was not what they were born into. It was not their grandma's faith. They had a relationship with a living God because every other Israelite bowed down, but they didn't. And so, as a complete side note, if you have bowed to the things of this world, there is no shame. The Bible says that God's mercies are new every single morning. And the enemy just wants to be like, look, you bowed, you bowed, you bowed, you bowed. But because of the freedom of other people and because of the relationships of other people, the king then commanded everybody to also worship this God. So... If you have bowed before, do not walk in shame. Don't be bound by that reality. Be unbound and walk in freedom, but understand that it is essential for you to be unbound in your life to have an actual relationship with Jesus. So if you do not know him like that, that you would die for him, do not leave this place without having that revelation in your heart. Do not leave this place. If you have been stagnant in your relationship with him, you do not need to leave today being stagnant. You do not need to leave today being like, you know, we just feel a little, I, you know, I just don't hear him, I don't feel him, I don't. You don't need to leave this place today. It is foundational. It is foundational in your freedom. It is foundational in the freedom of others around you. But also you need to have an established relationship with other people that know Jesus. 2 Corinthians 3, 17 says, now the Lord is, oh, don't, not, not skip that one. It's 1 Peter 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. The enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. We know that God has a plan for our lives. We also know that the enemy has a plan for your life. And he prowls around like a roaring lion. This is a really wonderful description because does anyone here watch documentaries and understand what lions do when they hunt? They go after Who? the weak, the ones who are not part of the herd. And what our propensity in our humanity to do is when we are bound is to feel ugly and to want to isolate and we just quietly back away. And the enemy is just like, yeah, girl, go run. Run, be alone, because that's where I'm going to get you. He knows he's not going to get you when you're in the herd. And so I want to tell you today, you need to have people around you you need to have people around you. Ecclesiastes uh, yeah. Ecclesiastes 4:12 says, "By yourself you are unprotected. With a friend you can face the worst, but can you round up a third? A three-stranded rope isn't easily snapped. You don't want your life snapped. The enemy wants your life snapped, and he will snap your life if you are alone. He will. He has snapped my life before. But when you can get around people and you can establish a relationship with people that know the word of God, they can, it's not just about having friends. It's about having people that will say, even if we die, we will not bow. We will not bow. And, I, and, I, and one of the things that I absolutely love about this because I hear it all the time and I have felt this way. I have felt this way in my life. This is not a, a shame thing for anybody. Is But I don't have any friends that love Jesus. Just pray for one. There was only three of them. Each of the three only had two. If you only have one or two, you're good, man. You're good. You don't need to be like an 18-strand rope. You just need three. You just need one. They can face the worst. Is, is, Is it the worst that you're facing in your life? Just find one person that will stand beside you whose life will declare the faithfulness of Jesus that will declare the faithfulness of Jesus over you. You need to have that in your life. It is essential. It is absolutely essential because there will be times in your life when you are going to be put in positions where, when you're going to feel like, I just, I, I can't face this anymore and you crumble. And our propensity in our humanity is to bow down to whatever is easiest and quickest. That's just the reality. So we need a foundation. We need a relationship with Jesus and we need to have people around us that will declare the truth of God and the truth of who you are because of what Jesus, has done in your life the next thing that we need to do is stop believing this lie I didn't put this in your notes but this is the lie that the enemy will whisper to you the fire is going to kill you and you can't be free until you're out of the fire and so when the fire of your life gets turned up we, we, we in, our, in our humanity, lose so much capacity. And so much is, is, is revealed. So much is revealed. And we just go, I can't deal with any of that. And what happens is God is revealing because he wants to heal you. And because we believe this, this lie that we can't be free until the fire is over, we look at all the things God's revealing and it just becomes weight on us. And we're going, oh, that makes me even more ugly. Oh my gosh, that makes me even worse. That, And we just allow the enemy to crush us. He comes to steal, rob, and destroy. He wants to kill you. That is what he wants to do. He wants to destroy your life. And if he has not already done things to you to de- try and destroy your life or destroy your relationships or destroy the lives of the people in your life, he will. That is what he does. That is what he does. I am am a testimony of God's faithfulness and he is victorious. But I am also a testimony knowing of what the enemy has tried to do in my life. And he has tried in every single way. We are body, soul, and spirit. He's not just like, I'm just going to go after their spirits. He will go after your body. He will go after your soul. He will go after your mind. He will go after your relationships. He'll go after your finances. Like who here knows the enemy is a roaring lion and he is trying to kill you. He is. But God... Is faithful. So I want to speak truth over you this morning. You can be unbound in the fire. Why were they bound before they were thrown in the fire? They showed up knowing that they had to bow, that they would probably face death. They were brought in. It doesn't say they were like struggling against these huge guys. They came in. The conversation they had with the king was completely respectful. They weren't like throwing up gang size and being like, ooh, 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 our God is better than you. They were respectful. They were saying, your majesty. They were not being disrespectful at all. They were like, man, if, if it, we're gonna go in there. Yeah, we're gonna go in there. And if we die, we die. But like we're going in there and our God can save us. They were not being disrespectful. So why were they bound up? Why? It makes no sense to me except for the fact that when I look at what the enemy has done in my life, absolutely it makes sense. He will bind us in every way possible. God will unbind us in any way possible, but the enemy will bind us in every way possible. And I looked I looked in... One second, I want to see. Yeah. I looked at the amplified version and, and in verse 21 says, Then these three men were bound in their cloaks, their turn their tunics, their undergarments, their turbans, and all other their other clothing. So like they weren't like bound like I'm arrest- I've never been arrested, but like you know when you see like they put you and like they're now bound, they're now submitted, they can't get away because they have handcuffs. That's not how they were bound. It says they were bound in their cloaks around, like they were bound everywhere. And what does the enemy do to us? He binds us in ways so we cannot go where God wants us to go. He binds us in ways so we cannot do what he wants, God wants us to do. He binds us so we cannot speak. He binds us so we cannot hear. And he binds us so we are hear. He binds us so we cannot see. That's what the enemy does. And he's done that in my life. And he uses everything he can to bind us. And the thing that he does is he uses the people that God has placed in our lives to put authority over us and to bless us and to love us. He'll use any little thing he can to destroy us. Sometimes they're just one little thing. Like, can anyone think back to when you were like grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, elementary school, and someone said something to you and it landed. It landed in you. And the enemy's just like, ha, 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 and he just takes his little thread, and he just starts to bind and weave all around you. You know, I went, I, I, um, I, I went through puberty at a really young age, and so my, my teacher, when I, I came back to school, I'd been away from school, and she said, you know, our education has changed since then, but she said to me, do not tell anyone what happened. Like, don't tell anyone why you were away, because no one will understand. She was just trying to protect all the other children that just didn't understand anything about their personal bodies or, you know, instead of teaching, she just shut me up. I get it. But what that did in that moment was it bound me. No one understands you, no one will believe you. You shouldn't tell anyone anything. Just little bindings, which like, it lands, but you're like little and you just keep going on in life, but it's there. And then he fast forward 20 years and you can't even come into a church building because you're so bound. And you can't share the reality of your life because you're so bound and no one will believe you. Or when I had abuse taking place in my life and I went to someone who should have protected me and they just said, go back to bed. Just go back to bed. They did not believe me. They did not protect me. And so all of these lies start coming into my mind that you're unworthy. You're not even worth them getting out of bed to protect you. You're not believed. Nothing ever happened. And these things bind us. They bind our minds. They bind our souls. They bind our emotions. And then we end up in situations where we're literally at tug of war because we want to be loved, but we're terrified of love. And we want to be accepted, and we're terrified of it. And we all of a sudden become at war with ourselves. Little things happen. Big things happen, too. But the enemy will also use just the little things, and then he'll weave it all around the big things. And it's like we become like a mummy where we're just so wrapped. And we just shrink and we shrink and we shrink. And then he puts us into one prison and then he locks the door. And then he puts us into another prison and he locks the door. And then he puts us in another prison and he locks the door. And then he just whispers, now I'm gonna light everything on fire and you're gonna die and you can't get out of here. But what do we see in this story? They were bound in every way. They could not go where they wanted to go. They could not do what they wanted to do. They couldn't see that the enemy does this to exasperate the fact that we can now you can't hear heaven. Now you can't see what God wants to do. Now you can't go anywhere. He does these things to torment us because he comes to steal, rob, and destroy. That's what he does. That's why they do it. That's why it's like a, it's like a tactic of war. Like they just like there was no reason for them to be bound, and yet he bound them and then he threw them into the fire. So. The ways that you are bound, God wants to unbind, but you need to be determined to not believe the lie and say, Jesus, unbind me. Unbind me. The fire may be raging right now. Unbind me. Reveal things to me that need to be unbound. But, but we also have to submit our lives because one of the areas that I really struggled with was... Um, Telling God how he should unbind me and when? Has anyone ever done that? It's just me, right? No? All of us do that. God, this is the area. I see. I see. I have an addiction here. So this would be really, really good to like, and I just work and I work and I work and I'm just like, but there's freedom in Christ and I'm just so addicted and I can't stop doing this and that shame and shame and shame. Okay, God, what about this? This is a really clear, obvious thing in my life that needs to be healed. Let's deal with this today. This one is really, really good. And you can't do it. Instead of submitting to God and saying, God, what do you, what, where is the thread that needs to be pulled? What is the thing that needs to be done? Because there are things in my life that I thought would take so long to deal with. And then there are things in my life that were just like, they took no time. We don't know. Jesus knows. But when we submit to him, we submit the process to him, something else amazing happens. And so we see that they lived surrendered lives. They were surrendered in order. They did not bow down to the king because they were submitted to God. But they were not rude to the king and they showed up because they were submitted to the king. And so when they were unbound in the fire, the other question is, why didn't they run out? Why didn't they run out of the fire? Because God didn't tell them to? and because the king didn't tell them to. Because when the king did tell them to, they did come out. But when God does such a, an amazing miracle in your life, that you are unbound, the flames don't matter anymore. The lie that it's going to kill you, this situation is going to kill you, you will never come back from this, loses its power. And like when we get to heaven and we ask them, when was the moment that you felt the most free in your life? It was when they were in the fire. And so I want to tell you that if you want to, on the enemy, just be free. Get unbound. Do everything you can to be unbound. Be in a small group. Come up for prayer every time. Every time. If you need medication, go to your doctor. If you have health problems, go to your doctor. Go to a specialist. There are so many people like, I'm just so scared. I just don't want want to know. No, there's freedom for you. There is healing for you. Do everything you can to get unbound. If you need therapy, you know me. I did two years. Do it. It's gonna cost. It's gonna cost one way or the other. Do everything you can to be unbound. Because Jesus did not die for you to remain bound. He did not. Every, I feel like every single message I speak, it has Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. I should get it tattooed somewhere on me. We should all. We could just like go do a harvest thing. It is for freedom that he has set you free. It was not for you to remain locked inside of a prison door. And even if you don't know Jesus this morning, I'm telling you, you don't even have to be like, I feel something. Just be like, let's try it. I dare you. I dare you. Just be like, okay, God, this girl keeps talking about you, and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give my life to you, and let's just see. Let's give it a year. Just give it a month. I dare you. We're gonna, I'm going to do every single thing I can to be free and to walk in the freedom that you died for and rose to life for. Let's see what you can do and watch as your life changes. I do not think the way I used to think. I do not feel the way I used to feel. I do not look the way I used to look because Jesus set me free and I live submitted and I allowed him to do things in an order I would not have chosen. I would not have chosen this path, but I allowed him to do it. And what happened, because they did not run out of the fire, because they were submitted in order to God and to the king, is that the king looked in and saw the miracle. Do not run out of your fire because there are people that are watching your life. There are people watching your life that need to see the miracle. Now, when if Jesus tells you to leave, leave. If the, you know, if the circumstances tell you it's over, leave. But do not rush out because there are people, like, it's, like, it's like I don't know how to, like, to share the gospel with people. Just live your life. Live your life free. Live your life as a testimony of God's faithfulness and his goodness. And people are gonna look at your life and say, what happened? Because like four months ago or two years ago or 10 years ago when I knew you, I was like, they're not coming back from that. There are marriages that have been restored in here, in this room, that were divorced for years and God has restored them. There are people who were medicated for years because of real mental health issues. I was medicated for years that are no longer medicated. There are people whose minds have been tormented that are no longer tormented. There are people that have had physical illnesses that have been freed. It's not just my life, like I am nothing special, but I will roll through the mud and the garbage of life towards the cross of Jesus because I know that there is freedom there. I know it. Because I've experienced it in my life. And I have people around me who speak truth over me. I told her so that she wouldn't be embarrassed. But someone actually, we can all, Linda Oje can you stand up? I know I didn't tell you I'd make you stand up. Can we just have her stand up? You don't get to have her because she's mine. But you need someone in your life that will be a spiritual mom to you who will speak truth over you, who will not condemn you. And this verse, I remember, I think we were like sitting in my living room, we were doing a book study, and it's one of her favorites, she shared it with me, it's Philippians one through six, it says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. You actually don't even have to be faithful because he is faithful. You don't even have to be faithful. Like that needs to land in some of you because you understand the reality of your life and you understand the reality of your faithlessness. Let that truth unbind you today. He is faithful to complete the work in you. He is faithful We're gonna, we're gonna listen, we're gonna take a moment and just worship. Um, and I asked them to just sing um, just a, a little bit of one of the songs we sang earlier. It's called Before and After by Elevation Worship. And I believe that there are people here this morning that are like, girl, I know the freedom. I know because I know your lives and I know what God has done in your lives. And so this is a testimony. This is something we get to pray and declare because of his faithfulness. But there are some of you who are like, I might look great, but I'm high functioning. Not in the great way. And you need to just allow this to be prophesied over you this morning. Because this is a story of God's faithfulness. This is true of my life. I thought it was over, I thought it was done but you always have the last word and the last word is love. From the ashes, you make beautiful things. I know because you did it in me and now I can barely recognize myself. That is the testimony of the people that come into our beautiful community. That if not today, tomorrow, you will not be able to recognize yourself. So I want to invite you all just to stand up, close your eyes if it helps you just not be distracted. We're going to worship and then I'm going to be back in just a moment.
1: From the ashes, you beautiful things. I know because you did it. From the ashes, you make beautiful things. I know because you did it in me. From the ashes, you make beautiful things.
0: close your eyes. This can just be a moment that everyone is just on their own. And I just want to ask like we do at every single service that if you're here today and you do not know Jesus or your life is stagnant, your relationship with him is stagnant, we want to pray with you. So we want I just want to ask you just to put your hand up. Just so I can see you, just so we can pray. All right, church, I'm going to have you all repeat after me, Jesus. Thank you, Thank you that you're in the fire. Thank you that you are faithful. You you are
1: faithful.
0: Jesus, I Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life, that you would unbind me so that, so that I could walk in freedom. In Jesus' name, in Jesus name. Amen. amen. Amen, we believe that if you made that decision, that's the best decision, because that is the foundation. There's only going up. There's only going up. But I'm going to ask you all again, to just close your eyes one more time. Just because I I have been praying for all of you and I wanna pray for all of you. But if you are in this place, no one can see you. If you are in this place and you are in a fire or you are bound in a way that God has highlighted that you want to be free of this morning, I just want you to put up your hand. I want you to put up your hand because I wanna pray for you because you do not need to leave here looking the same. Jesus, I thank you that your freedom is in this place. And so I release right now freedom over these people. Father, people whose hearts are burning with hope. Just saying, Jesus, if you did it in her, you can do it in me. She's nothing special, so do it in me. Jesus, that they would dare to put you on the spot and say, now you need to do it. Jesus, I know you are faithful. So Jesus, We just speak healing right now. Silver and gold I do not have. But in the name of Jesus, leave unbound today. Pick up your mat and walk. Pick up your mat and walk. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you all for joining us this morning. This is what we believe, that we are a beautiful community, that we are encouraging, we are gracious. We are loving. We are Christ-centered. We are a community that worships. We are a community that is full of restoration. But we are a community that is free. We are a community that is free. So if you want prayer, the ministry team's going to come up here. I'm telling you, do everything you need to be free. They are coming. For whatever need you have, you can stand with them and believe and have them be one of your people that says this is the faithfulness of God. Have a wonderful Sunday. We love you all